Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, today's conversation is going to be really cool. This is something that I've been thinking about for a while, but we haven't done an episode on it. And and really, the, the topic of today's episode is going to be electric fireplaces and, and where they fit in our industry. The reason that I think this is important is that as we look at what's happening at the national level with natural gas bans starting to gain traction in different markets and the fight against wood burning and pellet burning products, we are seeing electric fireplaces explode. And what's crazy is that if you if you look at the data, electric fireplaces are as big as wood, gas, and pellet combined. Like they're they're easily half of our industry. And a lot of specialty retailers have missed the boat on them and, and even manufacturers too. And there's a lot of reasons why. It's a you know, it's a kind of complex conversation where there's questions about, well, is there a value proposition for a specialty retailer to carry electric? What about products that are sold on the internet? And and we're going to jump into all that today. But I wanted to bring on Justin Sunset. And he's somebody that works for Dimplex and I've actually known him for a number of years. And I've really appreciated our relationship because he is someone who has been in the industry for a while, but has a very holistic picture of where things are going. And I think that what I liked is that when I was working for Fireside and he was one of the sales reps that called on me, he was always asking the question, how can we position our products to help grow your business? And that wasn't always the way that, that sales reps came in, but but he did, and it was and it was very appreciated. So in this conversation today, we're going to talk about the inherent bias against electric fireplaces that many dealers have, the reasons for it, and where the opportunity is. You know, and there's a lot of companies that make really good electric fireplaces and and even like bigger than that is the whole idea of a non-combustion fireplace like mark my words that term non-combustion fireplaces is going to be something that is very familiar to you in the coming years there's a lot of companies that are investing into this and i think that he really opens the door to make us think about you know how is my company positioned if customers are coming in who want to buy these and i'm talking them out of them and they they leave the showroom and either buy nothing or you know buy online or buy from a competitor that doesn't help my business and i think that there's some really good just principles to think about that that have to do with with you know electric fireplaces in general but also just about where our biases play into sales so i'm going to get out of the way i can't wait for you to listen to this conversation i think it's going to give you a ton of value Joining me from Vancouver, British Columbia, all the way up in Canada, is the Strategic Accounts Manager at Glenn Dimplex Americas. I'm joined today by Justin Sunset. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing real good, Tim. How are you? I'm good. And I am really excited about this conversation. I'm trying to remember when we first met. I guess it would have been probably three years ago when uh, you came in to have a conversation about where Dimplex would fit strategically with the company I was working for, Fireside Home Solutions. And we got, I think, like lunch or brunch in downtown Portland and just had an amazing conversation. 
Yeah, yeah, your accuracy is pretty good on that. Um, we met in your uh, Bellevue showroom originally. I think we had an unannounced visit, which went over like a lead balloon. Anyone that listens <laughs> to the show will understand that. Um, but I followed up after actually hearing about your podcast. I heard about it from another dealer and uh, being a big fan of the medium, I immediately listened to it on my trip home and thought, you know, this guy gets it. I've got to reach out to him. And ever since, I think we've had a great relationship. Yeah, I agree. And and this is going to be really cool. Now, you know, obviously you're one of our contributors for the Firetime magazine. And so what's going to be cool is that I think that this conversation is just going to frame the perspective you have on the industry. And obviously people can read the magazine to get content with, with different, you know, uh, ideas and, and innovations that are going through your head. But we've never really talked much about electric fireplaces. And, you know, I know that, that you're biased. You work for a company that largely makes electric fireplaces. Yeah. But with with all of the talk right now of natural gas bans, of people attacking wood burning, and of how, uh, especially in the U.S., how much different cities and areas are pushing electrification, I think that this is something that's got to be on people's radars. But first, can you give us a little bit of your origin story? Because you, like, you grew up in this industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yourself, I'm second generation. And I think uh, a lot of my current customers know me as the electric guy. Uh, but I got into the industry when my parents started a dealership on Vancouver Island um, in the mid 90s, when the provincial government had brought gas to that island. Um, fast forward about five or six years. And uh, I was coming home from university one day. And my dad was on the couch with my mom. And they had a VHS cassette. Uh, from Ireland, from Dimplex at the time. They popped it into the VCR. That's right, VCR, tube <laughs> television. <laughs> and uh, it, it launched into the Dimplex electric fireplace. And I remember at that time, I looked at my dad and I said, what have you done? <laughs> I said, you, <laughs> you left a lucrative career um, to promote a fake fireplace. And uh, I've got to give credit to him and a lot of those people. They had a vision that I didn't have at the time. And to see how far it has come in the last 20 years is, is jaw-dropping. But my background is not strictly electric. I've been an independent rep. I've worked with Montego and Dimplex in that capacity, as well as the kitchen and bath industry. Uh, I started off as a service technician. That's what took me out of my focus of computer science in university and sort of brought me into sales indirectly. So I've been an, an on-the-street, hands-on technician with electric fireplaces. Uh, I've worked with distributors. Uh, like I said, I've been an independent rep. And now for the last five years, I've been the strategic accounts manager with Dimplex, Glenn Dimplex Americas. Yeah, that's a great journey. I, I think that, you know, there's there's something to be said for um, growing up in it. I think, mm-hmm. I think that like that experiential knowledge of being a service technician, of having some experience, seeing the industry at different levels is really powerful and it, and it definitely equips you. I know that just from, you know, my experience when, when I've been the customer and you've been selling to me, you know, I've appreciated just your attention to, to detail, but also thinking much bigger picture. Like, I feel like you've always thought very holistically about how does what I offer fit into the portfolio of what your business does as opposed to buy my products because I need to fill up a big PO? Yeah, absolutely. When I approach a dealer, um, I always try to understand, you know, again, like you've talked about numerous times in the past, uh, what problem is there that I can solve? How does a non-combustion fireplace fit into that? And, And sometimes it's not the perfect fit. And, you know, you have to change direction and look at different opportunities. But a lot of times what I've noticed, especially with uh, this larger territory that I'm now in charge of, is 
there is some bias when it comes to electric fireplaces. And if you're an intelligent salesperson that can keep an open mind, we can have a great discussion about how there is huge opportunity uh, in that sector of the market. Oh, I, I think it's monstrous. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things in this episode, but the truth is that we just haven't spent a lot of time on electric fireplaces and, and they're very polarizing in our industry. I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before that, that there is, there is an absolute bias against them. Mm-hmm. And, and as, uh, as I've done a lot of secret shopping, you know, I've gone into dealerships and, and have commented how beautiful I think the fireplace is just for the dealer to tell me how fake it is and how dumb it looks. <laughs> and I'm like, are, what, what are you like? What bizarre world are we in that? Like the customer comes in and says, I want this and it's beautiful. And the person that has the ability to sell it to him tells him, no, not because it's a bad product, but just because of their own bias against it. Like it's, it's really crazy, but unfortunately it, it does exist. And we got to talk about it. Cause I think that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't need to hear about electric fireplaces, like stay with me. Cause you do. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times I have had this happen to me where I will walk into a dealership and I will see a young couple, maybe a first time home purchaser, but a small townhouse or possibly a condominium doesn't always come with a fireplace. We could talk about instance rates and fireplaces uh, later in the podcast, but nothing makes me cringe more than the salesperson walking up and going, ah, oh, geez, you know what? If that's really what you want, you might as well go to big orange or take a look online. They're pushing customers out the door, customers that are coming in and looking for a hearth product. Today, they're buying an electric fireplace, but what's to say when they upgrade in eight years to a single family home, they, they don't look at a gas you know, or a wood masonry insert. So you're right. It really starts at the sales level you know, and, and we have to let go of that bias because our customers, our end users, they don't have it. They're excited about putting a hearth product in their homes and that's something we should champion. Yeah, especially as we see home construction changing to, you know, a lot of multifamily work where there's not as many outside walls to to shove a vent pipe through. This becomes more and more important. This is funny. So, you know, in you you've been to the showroom I used to manage in Beaverton. Yes. And what what we did is is we put a couple of linear electric fireplaces, we built them into our sales counter. So our sales counter had like a nice clean concrete top, ledge stone on the front side, and it was kind of an L shape. And on one side, it was about a six foot electric linear. On the other side, it was about a four foot. And and we did all kinds of damage from people just coming in and thinking that it was beautiful. And I, and I think that like this conversation about bias is going to be really important because this exists everywhere. You know, if, if, if you are looking at, at gas fireplaces on the wall and, and a customer comes in and wants one brand and you like another brand more, you got to think really hard about, is this because I'm biased and like, I'm actually probably lazy and I don't know this other line as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to force the customer into what I know, or is it legitimate where based on their situation, you actually think that this brand is going to be better because I, I, you know, it happens all the time where we let our biases dictate the customer experience. And I think that this plays in with electric fireplaces where, you know, if you look at an electric fireplace and a gas fireplace side by side or a wood fireplace, like there's differences, there's no question, but like the same thing exists between wood and gas, right? It's like if I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in my house and I, and I make a wood fire, it's got like, you know, roaring wood, I got embers popping and cracking and sparks flying. And then I look at a gas fireplace. Well, they look a little different. Like they don't look like it actually doesn't at all look the same. If you think about it, right? Absolutely. It looks, they both look great, but they're not the same. And I, and I think, I think it's very much true with electric as well that like, we have to realize that 
there are certain situations and certain customers that due to budget, home constraints, or anything you know along those lines, they like what they like. And um, we would be very foolish to to chase away sales because of our own personal bias. A hundred percent. You know, when you own a business, when you're a modern business person, and let's face it, this industry has been built by entrepreneurs, innovators, people that are willing to take a chance on new technology. Yeah. There was a time when gas was the fake fireplace. Yep. Um, so I'm challenging those business owners again, to be those sort of technical pioneers, to be those entrepreneurs uh, and take a look at a non-combustion option. The one thing I'm fully aware of though, is, is I don't win very many conversations by saying you're wrong. I'm right. Let me tell you why. I'm, I'm amazed at that. I've, I haven't had that same, <laughs> that, that same, uh, you know, I guess I, I've had that same experience. So I think the way is, is to recognize this bias exists for a reason. It is valid, but let's dissect it and understand it and take a look at where we fit in. Um, and the first part is, is understanding a market. You know, what makes a market? Well, you've got someone who is, wants to buy the product, has the capacity to buy the product, and, and there's someone willing to sell them the product. The market for electric fireplaces is significantly larger than gas and wood simply because of the install options. So you're looking, that's where we get some of these billion numbers when we're talking about uh, the size of the gas, or sorry, I'm sorry, the non-combustion market and how it compares to gas and wood. I think a lot of dealers think, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose a fantastic $3,500 gas insert sale to an electric sale, but it doesn't work like that. We usually don't see that sort of overlap. Someone who's in the market for a gas insert uh, is going to buy a gas insert. Yep. You're not often going to switch them to electric. I, I totally agree. And I, I was actually you know, thinking about this. So we made a big investment in electric right before I, I left Fireside, where we're now at that Beaverton showroom. I think that we've got like 16 electric units on display. And, and we felt like we had to have a presence, you know, like if, if someone comes in, like just, just imagine like an electric fireplace from a specialty retailer is still an expensive product. I mean, I don't know, you're, you're probably just getting into the ballpark at 600 bucks and it goes up from there. And, Very and we forget like $600 is a big investment. Like I don't, I don't spend $600 very often. And if someone comes in and they were looking at these online and you've got a dirty and dusty looking showroom with one old electric fireplace in the corner that doesn't work, that impression on the customer is not going to be very good. And especially when you say, oh, well, these are fake. That like, <laughs> you might think you're educating the customer, quote unquote, but, but you're actually just disqualifying yourself from them ever doing business with you. And they leave the showroom yes. and think, what a waste of time. I'm going to go buy it on the internet. And they do. That's it. Yep. Yep. Or even worse, they go, you know what? I'm so discouraged. And sometimes they're embarrassed because the expert has told them that their want is foolish. And they go, you know what? We're just going to live without a fireplace in the master bedroom or this renovation yeah. isn't going to include a hearth product. And again, we've got to talk about the trickle effect down the road when they buy their next home. Well, do we need a fireplace? We haven't had one for the last six years. You know, people snicker when they hear I sell electric fireplaces and I'm from Vancouver, one of the first major, major urban centers to ban gas in North America. But I am first and foremost, a hearth professional. A healthy hearth industry is what's important to me. I do not see an industry that sells only electric. In Vancouver, uh, you know, my hometown, we still have fantastic, successful uh, gas, wood and electric dealers in that space. Um, give electric a chance, you know, and we can talk later about how the modern dealer can easily integrate electric into their product offering. 
without risking their existing business, uh, without tons of overhead with training. You know, obviously some training is necessary, but quality training um, reduces the the qualification period um, and gets customers in and out of the door quicker. I'll tell you a funny story. So probably five months ago now, me and Grant were in Kentucky and we were doing a lot of secret shopping and we went into a beautiful showroom. It was huge. And they were, they did a, I mean, just a fantastic job with their products. And, and we were secret shopping, looking at gas fireplaces. So we, we talked through everything and, and we were, we were looking at, at different products and on the way out, we were, as we were walking, I, I kind of missed it on the way in, but they had a beautiful electric fireplace display, just gorgeous. And I stopped on the way out and I, I just said to the salesperson, I was like, oh my gosh, what's this? And she goes, oh, they don't give you any heat. It's like, it's like, it's like turning on a hairdryer. And that was it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is, that is so often, um, the response consumers get. And then we, we wonder why they buy these cheap units, yeah. you know uh, it's, it's because we don't value the product. Yeah. So when, when, if I was a hearth dealer today, you know, I would be talking to my existing manufacturers to see what their non-combustion options are. If they don't have any from their existing manufacturers, I would encourage them, you know, take a look at the marketplace. Uh, but some of the characteristics I would say make a quality non-combustion fireplace uh, for a modern hearth dealer, something that is serviceable. You know, again, you're a specialty retailer. Like you said, you're selling products upwards of $600. Um, So you want a product that is going to be reliable, something that is going to reflect that hearth professionals um, own sort of mission statement, you know, yeah, something that is price protected. You've got to understand manufacturers should be transparent about how their product is priced in the marketplace different avenues they go to market and how the specialty dealer fits in. So have a conversation with those manufacturers, talk about where their products are available. If there's any pricing protection in place, how does that work? IMAP and MAP are two terms you'll hear frequently, uh, minimum advertised pricing and internet minimum advertised pricing. Um, And then dig into how those work. A good manufacturer will be able to tell you how their policies uh, protect the, the brick and mortar specialty detailer or retailer and how they help uh, online companies as well, you know, promote the product. The third thing, Tim, is, you know, look for someone who is innovating in the marketplace, someone who's going to help you solve your customers' problems by bringing what they want. So I guess someone that can, a manufacturer that can help you understand, you know, what is the market demographic for someone buying an electric fireplace, you know, and how can this business tailor their selection to meet that local demographic. One of the things that, that I absolutely love with electric fireplaces is optioning them in, in bedrooms. So like yes. any customer that buys any of your products should be sent a follow-up email afterwards, giving them a coupon to buy an electric fireplace for their bedroom. Because in a, in a bedroom, like no one wants heat, and but you want ambiance. And no matter how much people make fun of electric fireplaces, when the lights are dim, they look really, really good. And, and, it's, and it's beautiful ambiance that like in a bathroom or, or in a master is incredible. And especially if you sell like a, a pre-made mantle package with it, I mean, you can just literally set it down and plug it in. And I know that there's, there's pushback sometimes over like, where's the value that the specialty retailer brings to the table in this equation? 
Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go there in a second because I think that this is a really important conversation. If you're if you're a dealer that is like dipping your toe in the water with electric fireplaces or trying to trying to kind of protect yourself of like, hey, I, I live in Seattle. There's a you know there's a very real possibility that in the next ten years natural gas could get banned in new construction. Like, what are my contingency plans to still have a business? No matter where you are, I think it's important to to understand how do you bring value to the table. Um, can you just talk a little bit about like where do you think a specialty retailer can actually give value to a consumer with electric fireplaces? That's a great question and one that I get a lot. Um, when we're talking about the value that a specialty dealer can bring the end user, um, first of all, they have to have a very good understanding of their business. Again, um, what is their demographic? You know, are they someone in the greater Seattle area that is doing a lot of masonry inserts, retrofits uh, as well with a healthy dose of, of new construction? Or are they someone more remote? Uh, so the first part is, is understand your customer. You're going to be able to meet their needs better. Discussing, you know, qualifying. I hear this a lot too in showrooms. You know, well, I spend an hour and a half with a customer talking about non-combustion options. Then they went and bought it from Amazon. Well, I, I don't like hearing that story. Um, but the problem is you spend an hour and a half qualifying your customer. Yes. You know, if you're not qualifying an electric lead within minutes and giving them a couple options, you know, and then transitioning them uh, or transitioning to another opportunity, you're doing yourself a disservice. So understand the product, do the basic training and and be that local regional expert. So when they ask for a recessed fireplace that is uh, safe to use in a bathroom, you're able to give them some options. That's the the sort of information they're not going to get, uh, you know, from the internet that they're not going to get from a big wholesaler or potentially their, their local contractor. So be that expert in the product that they need. And again, understand your manufacturer's uh, service and warranty programs. So you can extend that to the homeowner. You can often be a conduit to the homeowner. But again, there's a sense of comfort in buying from a local retailer and knowing that you've got somewhere where you can bring back the product, somewhere where you can talk to them about installation options or installation expertise. And again, work with our, well, work with your manufacturer's um, distribution and logistics networks. Make sure you're able to get the product quickly. So when a homeowner comes in on a Saturday afternoon looking for a soft reno, um, you can qualify that lead within a few minutes, guide them towards the product that's right for their application, whether it's heat or aesthetics or a combination of both, uh, get them a product quickly, and and again, close that sale. You know, With electric, you don't have to worry about clearance to combustibles. There's not as many building code factors. Venting is obviously not an issue. Um, so you can you can qualify that lead, provide a solution to their problem, quickly provide product, and offer the follow up service they'll need down the road. Yeah, I mean it's a good recipe, and I think that the pushback is like, well, it's a it's a commodity. I mean, it can just be it could. Why would they buy it from me when they can buy it online? And again, like you got to make sure that you go in with protections, price wise or or you know whatever it is, but. If you have product on hand, like there is something to be said for that. I mean, there it really is. And we discount mm-hmm. how valuable that is. Like, yeah, if, if I walk into a dealer, it's the same price as on the internet and you're going to ship it to me and charge me freight. Like, of course, I'm not going to buy from you. But if if it's there in stock, like there's a reason that Amazon is buying brick and mortar businesses right now because there is power in a physical presence. And at the end of the day, what we sell is peace of mind. So... You know, what I think about is like, if I'm going to buy an electric fireplace for my bedroom, you know, me as the hearth expert, I know that all I got to do is, you know, take a skill saw to my wall 
and cut a hole that is, uh, you know, maybe four feet wide, a foot and a half tall and six inches deep, and then reframe the, you know, the header around it to make sure that the wall doesn't fall down and put the fireplace in. But you know what? I don't want to do that. Like I'm terrified of doing that. So if a hearth expert, even if all the installation is, is like cutting a hole in a wall, making sure it's level, putting the unit in and putting a warranty on it, that's a huge piece of value. It's a huge piece of value, especially when you think about the fact that contractors right now are so busy, they don't have time to touch these small projects. So who's going to do it? I, so I, I I think that the conversations are, are very real about parity sales, about like, you know, if, if this is available online, you know, there's questions about how we need to how we need to choose to market that in our showroom. But it doesn't discount the fact that that having products in stock and being able to provide a professional installation it is an absolute value wedge. Absolutely. I think being able to service the product on site, a lot of these products, you know, the the fireplace alone is unique in a home in that it's one of the few semi-permanent appliances that's aesthetic and functional. So you're installing this into the unit. You're often spending a significant portion on finishing the product. You don't want to have to pull that out, find the original packaging, ship it off to who knows where, hope that that same size unit is still available and ship back to you. Um, so the dealer that provides that level of service that can fix on site. And the nice thing with non-combustion fireplaces is at the very most, a small appliance certification is required uh, in some states. And even that is, is not the norm. So you can have your standard service staff or you can bring someone on uh, that can service these products in the home. They can provide that professional installation. And again, you could be that cradled grave solution for the homeowner. Yeah. Build that relationship. Yep. And and I, I keep thinking about like when you when you talk about building a brand, so I, I really believe that it is it is virtually impossible for a hearth retailer to build a brand with traditional advertising. I think it's virtually impossible that, you know, people don't buy products from you enough. You don't have enough money for a, for a TV budget or or you know a radio campaign to build a brand. But the way that you build a brand is through helping customers over and over and over again, and that's what makes customers start to feel a certain way about your company, which is what it means to have a brand. Is that like you know when I see an ad for Coca Cola, I feel this way, or when I see an ad for Patagonia, I feel a certain way. That's what branding is, and. If, if you're a dealer who is ignoring a large part of your customer base, which according to the numbers, like if you take wood, gas, pellet, and everything combined, that's about what the electric market is. Mm-hmm. So like you're literally taking half of the market and you're alienating them, which means that you're not getting the word of mouth referrals and people don't feel any particular way about your company. But even if you can sell them a $600 fireplace that they cash and carry or, the, or that you go and install... A fireplace is a fireplace. So when their son or daughter or friend needs a fireplace, where do they tell them to go? They tell them to go to you. And and that $600 fireplace all of a sudden turns into a $15,000, you know, multi-fireplace job for a new home. A hundred percent. And this is, you know, this is a question I'm more comfortable answering is why would a dealer um, put a non-combustion fireplace on their showroom today? And That's one of those, I mean, there's so many reasons, but one of the primary ones is if you don't have a non-combustion option, you are inviting your customers to go look at the competition, to make that trip down the street. Uh, Nowadays, people want options. They're aware of non-combustion fireplaces. So not only does it bring customers into your showroom that never would have seen your hot tubs or barbecues or gas inserts um, or wood products, 
but it's also keeping them there longer. Will you show them all your options? And really, Tim, when we talk about the value we provide, we want to be the hearth expert, not the hearth categories of our choice. Because again, you've talked about that. That's doing your customer a disservice. You're there to- I'm with you. Yeah. Look at, look at their options, explain their options. So the first thing is, is it's going to keep customers in your showroom. It's going to bring customers that you wouldn't have seen otherwise into your showroom. Those are two great reasons to put non-combustion on your floor today. The second is square footage. Square footage, it doesn't matter where you live in North America today, showroom space is expensive. So we take up minimal space without venting requirements, without gas lines. We can be placed almost anywhere in a showroom. Even our water-powered vapor-based units, which if anyone is listening to this show is not aware of, do yourself a favor and take a look at where electric has gone. Some of the uh, mediums we use to create flame is remarkable. Oh, they look so cool. Uh, really, really neat stuff. Uh, they could be powered by reservoirs. So you can take a 15 square foot section of your store, put six or seven key products. Again, talk to your manufacturers, find out what works for your demographic. You could train up your sales staff and within a week, you could be turning a profit on those products, bringing in new customers into your space and keeping existing customers longer. And like you said, marketing is hard for the independent hearth dealer. Word of mouth is, we know, the absolute pinnacle. And again, you know, oh, I had a fantastic experience with XYZ dealer in Seattle. My neighbor is looking for a gas insert. Where are you going to send them? You're going to send them to that dealer you had a great experience with. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think you're you're really hitting it on the head that, that you're giving the customer options. So for a long time, I worked in a showroom that had very little to show for pellet for a while. We actually just sold them out of a brochure and then and then we had like one on display. So when someone come in, would come in and say, I'm looking at options for my home and I'd heard about a pellet stove, I I was immediately backpedaling. Uh well, you know, we don't really have a lot on display. Uh, but we have this brochure that I can show you. And then instantly the customer's like, wait, I drove all the way here for you to tell me that you don't have anything on display, you know, or like, okay, but what else do you have? So I think that having some kind of a presence is super important in the same way that like, you know, take pellet stoves. Maybe you're not a huge pellet stove dealer, but a hearth retailer should still probably have a minimum of three to four pellet units on display to show that they have a presence that they're a competent professional and that this is a, a part of their business. And and I think the same thing's true with electric, that it doesn't take a ton of square footage and you can have a, a, a simple display that looks beautiful. And the cool thing is that in the same way that someone might say, hey, have you ever, have you, have you, do you guys have pellet stoves? And you're on the floor and you say, you know, yeah, we do. This is what they look like right over here. And the customer goes, oh, that's not what I want. And, and you're right back to gas, right? The same thing's true, could be true with electric. We're like, have you, do you guys have any electric fireplaces? Oh yeah, we do. They're, they're right over here. They look at it. You're going to know right away, either yes, they're an electric customer or no, they're not. But the fact that the customer can make those decisions in your showroom is super powerful as opposed to them not being able to see it. They leave and now they're thinking like, what did electric fireplaces look like? So they start Googling, they start going down the internet rabbit hole yep. and your company starts to disappear very quickly in their mind. That's it. We all know that once a customer has left the showroom, the odds of them returning diminish quickly over time. We'll get back to our conversation with Justin Sunset in just one minute. Hey, if you're listening to this and thinking, man, this is so relevant for my business, then you have to download the Firetime Magazine app. Now, 
The Firetime Magazine is a free publication for the fireplace and barbecue industries where we've essentially taken the content of this podcast and put it on steroids. So every single month, you're going to get articles and interviews from people all over North America and even in South America too, who are talking about the ins and outs of how to grow their business and serve customers better in this industry. You're going to hear people like Justin, who we're talking to today on the podcast, myself, Grant Falco, and other industry experts who can give you a roadmap. I think that one of the things that's been so difficult in our industry is people feel like they're alone. They feel like there's no playbook and there's no one that understands them because the industry is so nuanced. Well, we understand how that feels and that's why the Firetime Magazine is here. Now, there's two ways that you can download it. Number one is you can download the app. So in your Apple or Android app store, search for the Firetime Magazine app and you can download it right there. Or you can go to the website, thefiretimemagazine.com, where you can read the latest issue on your browser. There's links to download the app. You can also sign up so that each new issue is delivered in your inbox. Either way, we know that the industry is changing and the Firetime Magazine is going to be the place to go to make sure that your business is growing along with it. A year and a half ago, I was in Minnesota at HHC's Summer Summit. And Tim Rethlick and my boss at the time, John Waterstrat, were co-teaching a course on the falling incidence rate in new construction homes Mm -hmm. and about how they believed electric fireplaces uh, were something that could help save this. And so, so Tim Rethlick, you guys have heard him on the podcast, like this guy's like the guru of all things hearth sales. He's talking about electric fireplaces and where they fit. And as he's, as he's talking about how to position these with, with builders and, and track homes and, and even custom, custom home builders, someone in the crowd raises their hand and is like, yeah, but you know, I'm just stealing my, my gas products and I'm losing all this money to convert these customers to electric. And Tim looks at him and goes, you know, the margin that we make on an electric fireplace that goes into a home versus the margin we make on a gas fireplace that doesn't go into a home is um, much healthier for our company. And he, and he's like totally deadpan as he says this, but it's the <laughs> truth. I mean, it's the truth. That is, that is the truth. You know, uh, having a non-combustion fireplace option opens up doors uh, to retail dealers, specialty retailer dealers that wouldn't exist otherwise. Um, for us to say no to that business is, is foolish. Um when we're talking about construction, I spent a lot of time selling uh, to builders in Western Canada, specifically the greater Vancouver area. And I can confidently say that those builders were not putting in gas. Gas was no longer an option. So there's only two futures. There was no fireplace or there was an electric fireplace. Um, and going in with a with a a positive mindset, you know, not being biased, not going, oh, geez, I'm selling a fake fireplace. I sold tens and tens of thousands of fireplaces to builders uh, in in Vancouver who love the product. Doesn't pierce the building envelope, so yep. there's less liability. We've all seen issues with oh, yeah. leaky condos. You know, Tim, you're from the Pacific Northwest. You oh, know yeah. what it's like to get a bit of rain. And um, liability, gas lines, you know, metered connections, um, permits. All those things reduced. So the the builders were happy to have an option because they were looking at a future of no fireplaces. And again, a fireplace is a fireplace is a fireplace. So for those dealers that also service the new construction industry, there's tremendous opportunity there as well. I agree. 
you know, you said something when we were talking offline that was really important. And you said, I had to look at myself and ask, am I going to be able to retire in this industry? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're a young guy. Our ages are, are pretty close. What, what has that thought process been like for you? Yeah, that's a great question and, and something that I'm kind of ashamed to admit. But about five years ago, uh, I did wonder, you know, if I've got to work for 20, 25 more years, and I'm a, am I going to be able to finish that, that career in hearth? And over the last five years, I have to come to the conclusion that that is a resounding yes. Uh, millennials, new home buyers, urban settings, you know, we can adapt to these changes and be as successful, if not more successful than ever before. I truly believe, and I know because I've seen the facts and figures, the market research, the performance of our products in the market space is people still love fireplaces. That is never going to change. There is an emotional attachment to that appliance that will not be replaced by an iPad or a TV or any other technological evolution. But what's really driven that desire for new home buyers is the technology, is some of the non-combustion options. Uh, Products like the Optimist, Tim, that we've discussed uh, quite a few times in the past and a few times already on this episode, is new home buyers, they gravitate towards technology and they see a hearth product as something important, but also something that can be technologically advanced. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, and the sky's the limit when you think about like what the smartphone can do with with these appliances, because there's not the same level of risk and complexity that there is with other things. And yeah, I, I think that the future is bright. And, and the reason this is so important to talk about is, you know, I think that the the danger is to listen to an episode like this and be like, well, you know, Tim and the Dimplex guy are talking. So like, of course, they're pumping electric fireplaces. But, but think about this. Like, so today in the marketplace, electric is as big as wood, gas, pellet, and everything else combined. And it's only growing. Yep. And, and so that is telling us that people are going to buy these products, whether they buy them from a specialty retailer or not. So like, let's be proactive and let's think about how can we bring value to the table? Cause we've just discussed that. I think there's all kinds of value we bring to the table, but, but we can choose to either let the market steamroll us or we can actually ride the wave of disruption. And I think that this is actually very similar in some ways to talking about like stuff being sold on the internet. So I, I, I've been working on a, on a project and as part of that project, I've been looking through just like past advertisements and some history of our industry. And, and in it, I found a manufacturer's policy against online sales. And I, I looked at it and just thought, this is terrible. It, it makes the internet sound like the devil. And the truth is that most manufacturers, along with specialty retailers in our industry, were fooled into believing that the only way that internet sales could work would be to sell all over the country outside of my sales territory. And, and that is the furthest thing from the truth that there are a million models of internet sales that you can use within your protected territory to give customers an incredible digital experience with your physical showroom and and expertise. And we've missed it because we were sold this lie that well, you can't sell online. You, 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 you know, the internet is just for these you know, wholesalers that are, that are selling to the masses. Um, and that's not true. And I think the same thing for, for electric fireplaces that we need to rethink where they fit in our portfolio because specialty retailers are, are playing catch up when it comes to internet sales and everybody else has about a 10 year head start. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. You know, I think this fear, um, of, 
of internet sales e-commerce has set us back. Um, when I'm talking to a dealer nowadays that says, you know, well, Justin, I can find your products and products like them on, you know, uh, website A, B, and C. Why would I carry it in my showroom? I say, well, look at knowing that, knowing that this stuff is going to exist online. Do you just give up? Do you just stop selling products and say the internet one? We find ways to adapt. You work with manufacturers that understand a specialty detailer, retailer, and a e-commerce company can coexist, and then sometimes are the same thing. They put the tools in place to protect the market, allow everybody to make margin, make a reasonable living, um, and let those individual companies provide the service, the value that they feel they provide best. So, um, you know, Tim, a lot of retailers nowadays have online presences or an online presence. And that can be a fantastic way to sell a non-combustion product in conjunction with a specialty retail store. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, we sell peace of mind. And man, if you're buying something, even even 600 bucks or more, man, like people don't want to make a mistake and have to buy it again. And, and offering mm-hmm. that peace of mind of your local presence that says, I will do what I say I'm going to do and if there's a problem, you talk to me. That's really powerful. And uh, I think that I think that dealers could be taken advantage of it. Justin, this has been awesome, man. You have brought just a ton to the table. And I'm excited just for, for more people to get to hear your content as, as you produce you know, articles for the Firetime Magazine. It's going to be amazing. I'm really, really excited, Tim. I, I, I walked into the U.S. territory, and within the first couple of days, I found your podcast and met you. Um, when I talk about that five years ago, when I was wondering, will I retire in this industry? You, your show, uh, the contributions you've made to our industry, that's one of the things that's really inspired me. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be part of this. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin Sunset. I thought it was really important. And man, I mean, he he brings some serious value to the table. Just imagine having that guy as your sales rep calling on you. This is the way that he approaches business. Now, some things to think about. I, I think that the, you know, we tell the funny stories about like my experience in, in Kentucky when that dealer, I just, I said, man, that's beautiful. And, and, and the sales rep goes, oh, it doesn't put out any heat. It's like turning on a hairdryer. <laughs> like, Man, it's not the way you want to respond when your customer says something on your showroom floor is beautiful. But that bias exists. And frankly, I have dealt with it too. Like for years and years and years, I believed there was no value that I could bring to the table as a specialty retailer with electric fireplaces. Uh, and that changed probably two and a half, three years ago. And and I am fully on board that this is something we need to take very, very seriously. And I do believe it's a nuanced conversation about how the products you bring into your showroom are related to things that are sold online. And I think that, you know, there's some good things we talked about with like pricing protections and and, and how these business models interact with each other, but it doesn't change the fact that we need to be there. And, and we can complain all we want that incidence rate on fireplaces nationally is going down. We can complain all we want that certain things are being sold online, but you know, like kind of like Justin said, okay, so like, are you just going to let that win and and watch your business, you know, crumble and crumble and crumble until there's nothing left? Or should we pay attention to a part of our industry that the market is telling us is very important and leverage that to try and win more wood and gas and pellet sales down the road through referrals or, or for the same customer? You know, the cool thing is that for years, our products have been unattainable for a lot of people. 
right? But electric fireplaces and, and other you know non-combustion products do put us into a category where people that don't own a home can can get these in their house and that fireplace can actually move with them. I, I had a friend that moved from Portland down to Los Angeles and back like literally four times in about five years. And one of the first things they did was buy an electric fireplace for their bedroom and and it literally goes with him back and forth. I, I think that we just we need to be realizing that that there is a demographic out there that wants these new products. And I'm not saying we throw away what's gotten us here, but man it's in the category. It's part of the industry, and we should be taking it pretty seriously. So, I hope that that you know more than anything, this conversation made you think about just the biases that you have. I know for me, this is totally the case. I mean, I have to think really hard about how to check my biases at the door when I'm talking to a consumer and I'm and I'm selling fireplaces. Right? Like, man, I might have a preference for brand X over brand Y. But that doesn't matter. Like if, if there's not like a, a, a technical reason or like a safety issue why brand X or Y won't work in their house, I've got to back up and really think about what is best for them. Now, maybe, you know, brand X is better for them because of three reasons that come up in my discussion with them, but to inherently just cut off a brand at the beginning because I have biased myself out of it is is really foolish. And so let's just remember that as long as it's going to be safe and ethical, that we need to check our biases at the door and use the information that the customer gives us combined with our expertise to show them the right product. When you when a customer comes in looking for a specific type of product, whether it's wood, gas, pellet, brand X, brand Y, and because of your bias, you just start to bash it and, and push them onto what you want to sell. Most of the time, a customer can tell and, and, and it degrades the credibility that you have versus, you know, being a professional is to say, oh, hey, I understand that you came in looking for this one particular product. And actually, there's a lot of situations where that works really well. But based on what you have, I think that we should take a look at this because in this specific situation, you're going to be a lot happier down the road. And here's why. You know, that that's not a necessarily a biased conversation. That's a professional using their industry and market knowledge to help the consumer make a decision versus just, oh, you know, they, they look they're they're fake. They don't look as good. Oh, you won't like that one. You know, that that undermines your credibility and customers know it. So, you know, my hope is that you got a lot out of that conversation and you know, I, I can't wait for you to read more and more of Justin's content through the Firetime magazine because he, he brings a very insightful perspective to the table. Now If this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And and I, I just have to say that we are so thankful for the people and the companies that are supporting this podcast month after month. Because it, this is really what allows us to take the content to the next level. We made an equipment upgrade this year, so our sound is improved. And, and other administrative duties that have been bogging down time are starting to be able to get outsourced so that we can really focus on going and finding the best guests and giving you quality that is relevant. So thank you to every single one of you that is supporting this. Now, as always, you know my hope is that is that you took something away from this. And 
if you have team members that are biased against electric fireplaces, play this for them and have a conversation. If anything, just use it to talk about the different brands that you sell and, and where they fit in your portfolio to solve customers' problems. Because at the end of the day, as salespeople, the more aware we can be of our bias and the more honest we can be is going to really help us serve customers better. So I hope that this episode helps you do that. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.